With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, we're live. Um, yep. Uh, so we're going to start in a wonderful, wonderful, fabulous world of social media. Well, it, it's it, it's it's strange. I like I got off the train this morning uh, at, at Union Station. Um, right near the Scotiabank Arena, and as I'm walking to the entrance to get a coffee, um, there's a poster on the wall, and it says forever. And the Leafs, one of their catchphrases has been Leafs forever. And so it's a poster of three Leaf players, you know, profile. And if anybody wants to go to my my Twitter feed, Mike in Buffalo, you can see it. It's Matthews, Marner, and Morgan Riley. So I take the picture, and I tweet out, um, which one of the Leafs young core group is not in this photo? And that's all I say. Mm-hmm. And you would think that I basically, you know, was, a, it was a character assassination against William Nylander. And I'm like, no, I'm just saying he wasn't in this. And it's like forever connotes, you know, here's the core group of the team. Right. And he's not included. So, you know, extrapolate from that, folks. And I got, like, I mean, believe me, I got... Let's throw it out there. It's a little strange. A little strange. That's just marketing, though. That has nothing to do with the team. What's funny about this is, like, so years ago, um, I was wandering around the igloo, right, in Pittsburgh, where they closed it down. And one of my favorite places to go, because in the press box, you could actually sit and touch the big ceiling. Um, you could actually touch it. You could just you could just tap on it. Like, it was a big, giant dome on top of the igloo, which was actually not many people know removable um and that the first igloo the first shows in the igloo were like outdoor concerts of the orchestra where they would take the ceiling off and everything okay. but then they later had to like it was too it was too troublesome so they had to permanently attach it but um but i was wandering around the basement of the igloo like this is the last year they were there i was during the stanley one the stanley cup final runs there when they were finally there and i came across a poster that's like sounds like this like that you're talking about but it was um it was in the from the era of like um of Sakura, Yager, all the Czech players that were there for a while in Pittsburgh. And it was like, it was like, it was like cashing our checks or something like that. It had some like corny, corny like, corny, like, you know, thing on it. And it had these like, these like, I forgot all, it was, it was Nedved, right? Peter Nedved. Yeah. Probably Yuri, Yuri Herdina. Yeah, like all Yager, the, had yeah. Yager, it's Peter Sakura, right? Well, Sakura wasn't there, but, um, there was Martin Strott, Martin Strott. So yeah, so but you know these, yeah, and you know, and there's a lot of these like badly put together um, promos. I mean, I think you know it is what it it is what it is. I I don't I'm not a big fan of using words like forever, um, unless you're using them in like your marriage vows, um, because there this is this is a hockey business, you know. It's like <laughs> forever is a is really not possible, right? You know, so but here's the thing, this is. Again, when when marketing things get put out, they don't get run by Mike Babcock. They don't get, you know, this is when you're a corporation, they literally get put out and the GM will see it and either rubber stamp it or not. Now, in some cases, like 
before a season starts, like I had mentioned about Ottawa, clearly they took guys out of there on purpose, right? But that's right. to be expected because they knew they wouldn't be there. This right. is completely just marketing and nothing else. Like for people to draw conclusions on this is silly. Well, you don't think that marketing is like, you know, like you don't think that like at some point, like in the preseason of, in Philadelphia, there was a meeting and, you know, they brought out Gritty and they and Hack, Dave Hackstall was there and, and said, well, um, I think it's a, I think it's, I think it's a mascot um, that's going to cheer up people. Like I said, yeah. Well, it would be it would be one. Although Homegrown apparently named Gritty. You know that that's like the that's the shocking. Came up with the name, which is shocking when you think. I mean, it is kind of because Homer is really a funny guy, but is for him to be like, I know what we should call this. You know, I just I just can't imagine that moment when you know that happened. Mike. No, I was going to say, it would be one thing if they had put, like, Ron Hainsey, Tyler Innes, and Par Lindholm on the, uh, on the banner. But, but you're right. But when, when, you're, when you're putting, you know, Marner, cornerstone, Matthews, cornerstone, um, Riley, arguably number one defenseman, and, you know, you don't make room for four, or you omit the guy who's considered – you know, and, and maybe I'm thinking too much about this because people were saying, well, you know, Nylander was in Sweden during media day, so no pictures were taken. It's like, I, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not making a point here. I'm just putting that out and looking at it. And, like, everybody's losing their losing their head. I think you're 100% right. I mean, I, th- I think him not being on there has everything to do with this. Scott. I mean, and, and, and you know, we could say partially because he was in Sweden, which is, you know, you could say that that's going to photos of him everywhere. Come on. There, no, right. So I think it's more about, you know, they didn't know where it was going to go. And, you know, and and there's no, when you put money into this, it's embarrassing, you know, like, or, you, or are these just the three that they, you think? These I are- think this is just the three they chose. I think it has nothing to, he was, wasn't going to make the cut regardless. Yeah, I guess it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I think. This is not Austin Matthews we're talking about. If Austin Matthews were having a contract squabble and they left him out, then you could say something. This is William Nylander. This is, you know, come on. We're going to get into more stuff about marketing to start the show. So let's actually just start into the show if we could here. Okay. Um, Hockey World, it's Monday, October 15th, 2018. I'm Michael Agello on location at an undisclosed place. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohn from Sportsology. I jumped you again, Peter. You're too slow. Sorry, go ahead. You know what? I knew you were Russ, and I'm Peter Tesse, no longer offended by Russ jumping the queue. I think Peter, but Peter, you get to go last because you're furthest west or something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there we go. Furthest north, furthest I mean, west. What, the uh, reason, the reason we do how we actually do the order around here is, 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 is through seniority, and uh, Russ has like been you know in the game longer than than us. So, and that's like uh, Russ usually. So that's that's how we usually do it. But you know, hey, I'm pissed off, Peter Tessier. Yeah, I don't really care. Uh, oh, and I'm Eklund, by the way. And you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday to fill you in on comings and goings in the hockey world. And this will be episode 1,192 today. And we're going to we're gonna be um, – it's true, 1,192. Cousin Eddie, so he can jot that down. Yeah, if you're keeping track of – keeping score at home, this is 1,192 episode. There you go. Um, that's pretty impressive. And you know, that doesn't even count like the audio podcast that Mike did and Mike and I did before that. Which- yes. And, and, and I lead it with 1,191, uh, performances. Yeah. You, but you've definitely been on every one of them. And, um, you know, even like we just going like for a couple seconds, right? Like there was a couple that we, we had tried to get one, but, but no, but you and I, you and I probably did at least 500 of these. 
audio podcast at least. So anyway, I remember when it was audio. Yeah, so this the hockey buzzcast has been going for a while. I, sh- I should actually probably go back and do those, and then we could really get. Jack, I can remember when you first started doing talk shoe ones, like yeah. back in like 2006 yeah. and 2007. Yeah. Well, Peter, don't you remember for like a year I did the divisional yeah. ones? I did Pacific, Central, yeah, Atlantic, Central. and Metro Buzz. And we used so, to do it with uh, right. John Jekyll. Right, right, right. Yeah. All those guys, John Jordan, everybody. I mean, I remember it was, yeah, it was a, they were good times. Um, we I were, want to get really old. Back in 2001, I did a live radio broadcast on the internet it was called internet radio because we didn't have the word podcast and nobody had a fancy word for it at the nhl all-star game at like their the celebration area of it you know like the uh, convention part of it that's in 2001 that's a long time ago <laughs> so russ just because yeah. uh, i'm gonna do a one-up you on you back in 1997 in january i was down in san francisco and a friend of mine was a mortgage broker and sort of a hard money lender. And he got an option of this old house just near, like it was like a castle that used to be owned by someone who started Pacific Gas and Electric. He had an option to lend money against the people who own this. So we went to look at it because I was visiting them. Really weird collection of people living this. But the, one of the guys there was this crazy eccentric tech guy. And he was the first guy to develop an app that would transmit video on the internet. Wow, that's cool. 1997, he showed us it. And people had done it in other ways, but this was separate from any of the big research firms and stuff. It was right. wild. He was a total wing nut. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Because if you remember, yeah. the, the, way, the way you used to have to um, get get video on the internet was remember remember real player real player yes. yeah we used that for our show yeah real audio it was like it was horrible it was like yeah. it was so full of malware it was so it, it gave you all kinds of diseases and viruses on your computer because the back then it was it was really like what what kind of diseases yeah, i want to be clear from- about something here i've never had a disease no 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 you know, computer viruses and diseases ah. Um, so anyway, uh, in the chat room, uh, David, that was pretty pretty cool. Uh, I don't think Mike can see that, rest, so I wanted to throw it out there because it's kind of interesting. So David is um, going to – he's in our chat room. He's going to be in Toronto next week, Mike, um, at, to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame and um, going to be going to the Maple Leafs Penguins game on his honeymoon. First of all, awesome. Wow. Awesome wife, David. First of all, let's just throw that out there right off, right off the bat. Awesome wife. I mean, that if you can get a wife that can go to the hockey hall of fame and a, and a, and you know go to go to a, go to a hockey game on your honeymoon, I I you know I was married in May and I was terrified that you know there would be a Stanley Cup final that I was going to miss. But my you know my, my Flyers at that time were knocked out early. But I was that my whole my whole time leading up to marriage, the Flyers were doing well in the playoffs. I'm like, damn, what am I going to do if I'm going to be in? I went my I went to Norway on my honeymoon. What if I'm going to be in Norway and the Flyers win the Stanley Cup finally? I'm going to be so. But um, so Mike, they want to meet up with you. So we'll figure that out. We'll figure out a way. Yeah, and they ask her if, if, if so you don't have that worry. If if David's wife has a cute sister, and David, I know it's your honeymoon, you're deeply in love. I just want you to know I'm doing everything I possibly can to hold back on making bad jokes right now. Well, you know what? At least David that's, that's, that's Peter's present to you. Here's the thing, yeah. my present is at least David married this woman. Not like that scoundrel who held up the sign, I'll marry you when the Leafs win the cup. Because you know both those people will be dead before that happens. Oh, that, no, that girl is prob- that girl has probably dumped that idiot. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that that's like um, that's the equivalent of like, you know, buying a million dollar insurance policy on a hole in one tournament, you know, like right. 
Like, you know, like, I'll bury you when the Leafs win the cup. <laughs> That's really simple. That's really easy to say. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll marry. I'll marry him when the Leafs win the cup. How about that? Oh, wow. uh, did you say? Did you say marry or bury? Because I, I heard somebody. Somebody uh, said that they wanted six Buffalo Bills to come to the funeral so they could let him down one more time. <laughs> I've often said that I was. <laughs> I've often said that I was born almost exactly nine months after the Leafs won their last Stanley Cup, which means I may indeed be the Stanley Cup curse of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Throw it out there. Almost exactly nine months after they won. Um, like to the day. Anyway, um, all right, so there you have it. Uh, let's get on. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, hockey. Um, here we go. Hockey Buzzcast, that's what we're called. But, David, we'll hook you up with Mike. We'll figure that out for sure. Email me at eklin at hockeybuzz.com, and I'll make sure Mike gets it, and we'll figure out. Mike, Mike yeah. Okay. All right, so here we go. Um, I want to start today's show with um, with trademark infringement, which is always fun, a uh, fun, fun thing to start with. And why the hell the Winnipeg Jets are not wearing – the Winnipeg Jets jerseys that they should be wearing in the first place, the third jerseys, right? Um, maybe, Peter, you know more about this than I do. What I was told was that the actually the Phoenix Coyotes can keep them from wearing the original Winnipeg Jets logo. Right. No, wrong. That's not oh. true. Okay. That's not true. The Winnipeg Jets bought the rights to that logo. They did. because they they did North Sports Entertainment owns the rights to that because they used it for the Heritage Classic. I thought maybe they just rented it or something like that for a no, game. They bought, they bought the rights back in like 2011 or 2012. Okay, so they have they have one of the coolest jerseys that they could possibly have. I mean, and let's be fair, people are like all like all all up up in arms about like the Winnipeg Jets original jersey and how cool it was. I remember in 1980 when they came into the league, I was like, yeah, <laughs> of the of the new jerseys, I thought you know, Hartford, Quebec, and Edmonton were all better than Winnipeg's, but, no, but it didn't look like pajamas. This looked like pajamas, right? But yeah, it's, I, I, they, they, I, there is nostalgia, no matter how bad. I mean, look for crying out loud, Vancouver Canuck rink with a stick on it has come back which is the worst of all time no it's not oh. it's not I, it's not I, I actually like that jersey but no the 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 it wasn't that wasn't the i mean i honestly if it wasn't for the championship teams i think edmonton was the worst of the four wha jerseys that came in i thought the jets jersey was cool no 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 but, no but no, this 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 is a jersey this is a logo i just drew it now that's the logo right yeah no, That's fine. Sorry. Um. Anyway, so, <laughs> but, but moving on to the Jets. So the Jets. I mean, Edmonton's, By the way, the blue and orange were one of the were, were my favorite jerseys when they came out. So I had a real hard time. And well, I'm really I, pissed that the Oilers, the Oilers blue, Oilers blue and orange were my favorite. And I'm really pissed. 1987. That was your favorite jersey too. It was. It was. The Peter. Blue. Even when Peter. Yeah. Oh, man. I did some sca- I did some scanning uh, online this morning because I, the, the Jets jersey was very familiar in terms of its design. And if you look at the third jersey of the Minnesota Wild, it's the exact same thing. It's the cursive yeah. Jets instead of the cursive Wild and yeah. blue instead of green. But it's the same jersey. It's it's brutal. It's um, yeah. I mean, so think, think about back in ahead, no one knew this was coming out in the third jersey. And so here I'm going to pull something out here because we always like show and tell. So when the season ticket packages were sent out, if I could open mine, mm-hmm. there was this little oh, where'd it go? Uh, uh, ah, anyways, there's a little keychain, and on the keychain it was that cursive writing, and ever there's all the speculation. What is that? What is it? And I noticed there's a little jet on it, and everyone's like, oh, interesting. And then they got leaked again before um before they're supposed to, and there it is. 
Uh, they're called the Aviator. I don't understand oh. why, but they're just called the Aviator jerseys. And not my thing. Uh, on the but I was at the game last night, and there were a lot of them there. Peter, on the positive side, at least they're still putting cursive somewhere because they don't teach it in school. But on a That's hockey true. jersey, it ain't great. Right, I, I, I would, I, I would have less of a, I would have less of a problem, Russ, with them wearing, you know, green and white, like, like the, like the New York Jets, and have fire, fire, fireman Ed or whatever doing, doing a cheer instead, of, instead of this abomination with the cursive writing. It's stupid. No Winnipeg Jets. This is, this is the original Winnipeg Jets logo, or I mean, the one that came to the NHL. I think there's one before this, right? But That's this a great one. That's great. That's a good one. Although somebody now, th is it true that? It, it was it was somehow connected to actually an airline like it was like someone i've heard these I've heard so many interesting like conspiracy theories as to why the jets don't use it i've never heard that i don't know i heard i heard that arizona owned it now you say they bought it back i heard this had something to do with an airline peter will ask a friend and he'll get back to us anyway what they wore last night was totally different i i i didn't I, you know i'll get a picture of that up too but i didn't mind the color of it so much it was like the blue R two D two thing. It was the whole thing. It was the it was the combination of the color and the cursive that really just didn't work for it me. It actually reminded me more of the bolts thing. Like that that's what I saw. It did I, remind me of that a little bit. You're right. Like the Tampa Bay bolts. Yeah. I thought was yeah. And and the uh the Sens jersey for the Ottawa Senators. That right. was a, that was pretty I, weak. I get it. I mean I like the I like I like the color actually. The, it's a cool blue. If they, if there was a team in the NHL that had that blue, which is almost Almost have to say almost like Quebec blue, um, but you know that that's cool. that's a great color. We didn't, we need that color back in the NHL. But um, yeah, that this was this was not this didn't seem like they put a whole lot of thought into it. So what is the what is the holdup, Peter? Why do we not have the vintage? Why don't they go back to the vintage jerseys? What's going on? Um, they wanted to use them as a one-time thing with the Heritage Classic, basically. And that was their, that was the marketing direction they went into. There's really not any sort of and all that money controversy. Time. I mean, they, must have well, they just don't want a connection to the past. I guess they want to move on. Well, I, I don't even think it's a connection to the past. I think it's, that's a heritage thing. It's an alt, it's not the alternate thing. Right. And so it's not take, saying the past isn't there. They got banners from the WHA and they've got Howard Chuck up there with that logo on. It's a heritage thing, but it's not the new image. And they've been very firm about making sure there's a distinction between the two. And it's not about going backwards as much as it's just saying, this is where we are now. So I, I think they did their heritage thing. They did their time with the Heritage Classic. I don't think it's forever thing. I think eventually they'll come back to it and do something else. But if you look at the history of third jerseys with teams, they go all over the map with stuff. Are they and the yeah. obvious things like the Canucks have had it because I used to follow the Canucks and blah, blah, blah. They had all sorts of options. You know what the Canucks are going back to is the skate this year. Yeah. Back to flying. And, and you know, the there's all That's sorts disgusting. of options. Oh yeah, the V. Horrible. That's well, that, that, that one. That was before the skate. I yeah, like that it. was the, that was the Harry Neal, Roger Nielsen one. What we're you're, you're talking about is like the Pavel Bure. On um, they yeah. had the, they had the round Canuck. Now the thing is, thing yeah, is, it's I, on the it's on the sleeve behind deck. Here's the new yeah, one. Um, I, yeah, that's that's a horrible. Jet a, jet, a jet is a jet till you die. Um. Anyway. Um. Oh, what is this? What, what is this West Side Story? Yeah. Even if they paid to ship it to me, I wouldn't I wouldn't want it. There's no place for them. 
Sorry. Just, oh, yeah. well, the, but you well, know, this, the interesting thing is it's a, it's, so it's a, it's a word mark and it's different than the word mark that they used when they came out with the new Jets logo and everything. So it is a real departure. Uh, you know, it's not everyone's, everyone's taste. It's not what I would have done. I think there's a lot of really cool things you could have done taking new imagery and the old old imagery and there were certainly a ton of concept jerseys and ideas when before 20 like in the summer of 2011 after the team was moved from atlanta about what things could have been done that incorporated with the city i'd love to i would have loved to have seen something that took some of those concept ideas and brought them all together to sort of embracing new and old that just doesn't do it for me but no hey, and there and, they are. And, and neither neither did the uh, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, jersey on, on the weekend. I thought that thing was was an abomination as well. It's like you know, I mean, I I have no problem with with teams going back to their history. Like even like I mean, the Buffalo Sabers a few years ago they went back and had the Buffalo Bisons jerseys from the AHL with the Pepsi uh, bottle cap on it. At least that was born in the, or it was based in the history of the organization. This thing, what the hell is this? Here's the Flyers jersey. That they I don't hate this. I don't, I think it shows up well at a game, actually. If you're, from what I, from what I, yes, Russ, from what I wasn't at the game. I had a previous your, Yeah, if you're there, it actually shows up well. And it actually doesn't look terrible like hanging in a store window to buy it. Um, but I wouldn't purchase it myself. And it is sort of a takeoff of the, um, it's pretty close to the out the jersey they used outside in Pittsburgh, right? I mean, it's, it was, it's supposed to be really. I think it's a great seasonal thing, and I look forward to seeing what they do for Christmas once Halloween's passed. <laughs> I, I just hate, listen, my, my big thing is I hate teams that go to black for their third jerseys. Like, I, 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 have, a, I, have, an issue, I have an issue with certain colors in the NHL, and I've talked about this before, but I believe that certain teams have owned certain colors. And I Like, I think the Flyers own orange. I think they just do, and I think the fact that the Ducks and Oilers have gone to this, like, jersey, I think it's horrendous. Um, I think the Bruins own black to me. Like, that is, they are the Bruins. Oh, will you stop? That's so rigid. You can't, I mean, come I mean, on. I mean, what, uh, honestly, the, the, the only thing I want to see change and we've only seen it in like in a couple instances where like I think it was Carolina and another uh, Carolina and uh, Nashville during the preseason both wore their basically their dark jerseys. Uh, Carolina wore the red and 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 Nashville wore the yellow. I want to go back to the home team wearing white and the road team wearing their their dark jersey because I want to see. I, I one of the things when I was a kid I loved seeing the different colors of the different. Um, yeah, when they came uh, a different road, right? But now, now it's like okay, you see this, like it's Buffalo. You see them in blue, and then you see everybody in white. Back then, they didn't care about jersey sales. Like you, basically, back in those days, like I had a jersey, right? And I knew a friend with another jersey, but like not everybody had a jersey, so they didn't care about that. They didn't think about that ahead of time. They didn't write it on the schedule. They didn't tell the teams, hey, for this one, we're going to wear this one. The equipment managers, like it was all just up for grabs. Now it's all carefully calculated. Uh, yeah, and I think I actually, I've, I've, I am a fan. I, I, I was a huge, I was right with you, Mike, when we had a podcast about this a long time ago when they changed these things to the, to the home and away thing. Um, but I, they're actually going back to where it was before. So it actually is, for us, it's, for us, it's new, but it, it's actually, they used to wear their dark jerseys at home in the original six era. But, um, and I, I'm, I, I have been with you 100%, and then all of a sudden, 
I, I shifted to like, I really like the dark jerseys at home. It, you know, it, it's kind of the football thing that, you know, to me, I, I grew up in football, but now that you say this, you actually nailed it in a way that I don't think you've been incorrect in such a long time. Um, <laughs> that, that you, <laughs> that's a great compliment that, you know, that you're right. That the thing that, that is annoying about this is not seeing the, the cool jerseys from the other teams, which are the darker jerseys. And when they come to town, you don't see them. Um, and you're right about that. I think that that's a, I mean, I really think that's an excellent point because, as I mean, as a kid, you know, growing up with the white jerseys and, and even remembering back to, that is how old I am, remembering back to the era when you couldn't watch the home games on TV at all. So you never saw the white jerseys almost. Like unless you had tickets, you never saw the white jerseys. Um, that was like something that, you know, I remember seeing the white jerseys for the first time when when the players went on Prism and everything like that here. And that was like, that was a cable, uh, like a new cable upstart cable thing. And I was blown away. I'm like, wow, the Flyers white jerseys look really cool. That's how rare they were to see them, you know. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that you, you, we are missing out on the other team's cool jerseys because we're seeing everything in white. I agree. I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I'm not. I, I just. Yeah, I, and and I, I also think that it's not completely unacceptable. And, and now, one, it's one thing, you know, like if if one team has black and one team has blue, then you can't do it. But if if the Calgary Flames are wearing red, what's to stop another team from wearing a different, darker color? It's not like you're going to get confused with green or blue. You know, just do that. I mean, something. You know, white is boring. Right. So I will say this: there is something I'd hate. Maybe it's just because I'm old, but I do hate black numbers on black jerseys like that kind of thing that we see now like a lot you see like a black number on a red jersey or like the calgary flames jerseys are this way i think the red red jerseys right they have the dark number on the back of them hard to see as a fan or you just don't like the look of it no i don't like the look at it it's really hard to see like from the press box for a person you know with really that's all i care about in life they should only really worry about jerseys that we could see in the press box i don't care on tv right like i mean (laughs) I mean, on TV, you know, you start to know what the players skate like and what they look like. But besides that, you know, when you're watching an opposing team, you don't know. I mean, and I've had to watch, you know, we all, I mean, this goes into my whole, like, you know, big beef of the NHL of not having numbers on their practice jerseys and, and practices. You know, that to me is the most absurd thing in the world, like that we have to read their little helmet numbers and stuff like that. And that fans are going to this thing and then I have to read the little helmet numbers. And But yeah, I think that the NHL needs to take a little bit more care of this. I mean, what is the coolest third jersey that we've seen so far? I mean, we haven't seen many of them, I don't think. I don't think there have been many cool, really cool third jerseys. I mean... No, I mean, I like the looks of some of them. I I liked what the Penguins just floated out there. I thought that was fine. I liked the... uh, Their old jersey, though. I mean, it's basically... Well, I mean, but you're just... You're asking. Yeah, no, but... Well, if you're... if you're talking about like in the past or if you're talking about this year, I mean, this year I haven't seen one that I've really liked. If you're talking about in the past, I loved the powder blue Pittsburgh jersey that they wore at the, at the uh, you know, the throw, the, uh, the, the first uh, outdoor game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I think. I thought the Islanders jersey was nice. Yeah. Which Islanders one? This year, the third jersey. Okay. I, haven't, I don't know if I've seen that one yet, I guess. And I, and I, I always kind of like the fisherman. I don't know why. I just oh. liked it. I was a big fan of the, um, and I like the Blue Jackets third jersey this year. Well, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you something. I'll give you something better than the regular jerseys, actually. I'll give you something that a friend of mine told me from Connecticut, and there is a sizable portion of old Hartford Whaler fans that are pissed off. Canes are using the Hartford Whalers jersey as their third jersey. Hmm. That's surprising. I would have thought they would. I mean, everybody I've talked to, 
from up there is, is really thrilled about it. Like I have, I have a friend who's a whole Harper Rose fan. He's like trying to get trying to get tickets to drive down there to see a game. You know, he wants to he wants to go down to Carolina. So tickets are available. He just had to get down there. But um, but yeah, but that I think the I I mean, and that that brings me back to the Winnipeg Jets. And you know, like again, you know, the fact that you know, for kids like us who grew up with the when the WHA came into the NHL, you know, the, those are cool jerseys. And I just I just I think the Jets are just missing a missing the boat here. It really feels as if there's something deeper here, Peter. It feels like like they really don't. I, I, I think part of the problem is is they sold a crap ton of them for the Heritage Classic. Okay. Like they and and they had. I mean, they didn't just sell a ton. Like they had them. So that was 2016. Right, so they wanted something. You could still you could still buy them. The last remaining ones. And they even made an announcement they weren't producing any more last year at a certain point in time, saying their the run is done. Yeah. Even before the the postseason began, you could still get white ones. They they I mean they sold them, so there may not have even been an appetite for more of those because they'd already done them. You got to remember that. No, I know. Like, all, like, these are marketing. These are about making money. And there's no question about yeah. it. I do agree with you there. All right, let's move on from the jerseys jersey discussion. To the New Jersey Devils, <laughs> there's a transition for you. Um, and uh, you know the New Jersey Devils, who I remember. Remember we had the uh, talk in the in in the poll, and I was like, I was so tempted to put them higher than I put them. I put them at fifth, which was really hard to put them in. I really thought that they could be second or third in this in this division. I mean, I know that it's, it's early again; it's very early. Which, but we you know, and we can always use that excuse, but we can't try time travel. So right now, what we have is the New Jersey Devils being. You know, they, they beat the Sharks. They're undefeated, right? Um, they are, and they are just, they're just, they're impressive. And I think that you're, I can't, I keep thinking, Russ, every time I see him, what you said last week, which is so true, that this is like Kincaid's team. This is Kincaid's this is totally Kincaid's team now. Like, it's totally, at it's, this cemented. Point, it's cemented now. Yeah, it's cemented now. Like, there, it's nothing Corey Schneider did other than not being healthy. Like, it's just, he, he, you know, he was, he was hurt at two of the wrong times of the year. The stretch run for the playoffs last year and the start of this year. So really the Schneider era as as the number one is over now. Will they do more of a split, like a complete split? Maybe, but it's gonna be hard to go back to him when you got Kincaid playing like this. I mean, if you know, Brat was out still out with a broken jaw, there's no way you'd have thought the Devils would have done this well. And I don't know if they'll really keep up this pace either. It is early in the year. Well, as, as, I, as I said before, Russ, they, they, they have to reestablish Schneider's value. They have to, re, not, not just his value, but his, that, that he's durable. And that, that I think that's going to, because if they, if, if it's truly Kincaid's team and they're going to re-sign Kincaid and he's the number one, because remember he's a UFA at the end of the year, then they have to move Schneider. You can't have a $6 million backup. Listen, if they bring back Schneider and, they're losing games. They're not going to force him in there just to have him in there. And if, if Kincaid is winning more games than Schneider, it won't matter about trade value. Uh, Mike, we're losing a little bit here. Mike, maybe log out and log back in. Your internet's going on a little bit here. Yeah, not everything's about trade value. Sometimes you have to worry about what's actually happening with the team mentally. Who are they playing better for? Who are they trying for? Think about Nico Heischer, just as an example. Yeah, yeah. He played more games with Keith Kincaid than he has Schneider, I bet. And and you have to take into account the fact that last year they had this 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 run. And when you have a run like that to make the playoffs, that's a that's a that's a bonding thing for a team. Yes. You know, that's like put them together and now they're back together in this. And uh yeah, I, I think that you know, I can't like I wrote today, I wrote a blog today that I've have heard the blues have talked to the talked to the Columbus Blue Jackets about Bobrovsky, that that's a possibility. 
that's an interesting possibility for sure. I, we talked last week about Snyder being. Well, the, inter the interesting thing about, about Bobrovsky and, the, and what you were talking about in your, in your column yeah. this morning is that on Saturday, I think it was Nick Kiprios from Sportsnet said that Bobrovsky is looking to hit the home run, meaning he wants a carry price deal. Nobody in the NHL worth a damn is going to give Sergei Bobrovsky with his injury history $10.5 million or even the percentage equaling $10.5 million against the cap. He's a great goaltender. He's a Vesna winner, but he's never yeah, – been in the running for that's in the two of the last four years, whatever it is. Okay, but just think about the coach there. I, I, I'm agreeing with Mike. Yeah. Think about the coach there. Other right. than having Lundquist, he's a coach that really will play with any goalie. If you go up to him and say, is Bobrovsky worth X amount to us or would you rather have this? He's going to choose the latter and go with the other goalie because he you know, he knows Corpusalo. It'll be a, it will be a little bit of a drop down, but – if they sign Bobrovsky to that kind of deal, not only will you lose Panarin, you're going to lose somebody else too. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, the I like hockey's such a different sport than the other sports with salary caps because, like, the, the first of all, the salary cap based on the number of players playing is, is less per player. So when you go so far above per player, if it doesn't work out or if that player is unavailable to you through injury, the cascading mess is massive. Yeah. So a goalie is probably the biggest example of position of when it's great, it's the best feeling ever. Great goaltending, it's a hell of a drug. You're you're riding that all the time. But when it's when the come down hits, it's really ugly. And if you've got ten and a half million tied up in it and it's not good, ask any Canadians fan what that feels like. It's not a pretty picture. And that's something that I think teams really have to start. This is getting wise to, but also remember as a business, this is one of those hard decisions that you have to make to say, this is probably the thing you might want to really have the hard talks about walking away from and, and, and being the team too, that's even considering signing someone for that amount. Yeah, I totally, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to just Bobrovsky is going to have to. It's going to be such an interesting twist for them. They really you feel bad for Columbus because they they have to do something this year. Like you know that that Kukalainen has to do something this year. Yeah. Um. And and he set it up perfectly for them to do something this year. You know, like everything. And it's it's next year that the problem, right? So he's sitting right. there. No, you're right. And if they were to win it this year, then there'd be less discussion about this. But yeah, if they win it and those guys leave, you know, it becomes like, you know, Barry Trotz, you know, whatever you right. win and you leave. Um, and, and no one's going to sit there and say they should have, you know, gotten something for Barry Trotz or whatever. You know, that you could have, but yeah. just, um, it, it's a, it's a real bind. I mean, to me, I get the sense that the Kukulainen is, is, is very different than a lot of GMs. It's, you know, he's, and he's got it's completely different. He's yeah. completely different, right? The way he looks at it is very like no nonsense. You know, like I, he is just, as cut and dry as you can get, like, you know, and dry. You put on any airs. If you actually get him for an interview, he's going to tell you what is exactly on his exactly mind. Exactly what he's thinking. Um, you know, he'll, like I had just off the record discussion with him. Um, not too long. I mean, he'll tell you exactly what's going on, you know? Um, and I mean, he doesn't always want everything out there and he's doing the best he can, but he also, he also doesn't really have much to hide. Like he's not a hiding type guy. And he, and he, and he's very, and he's very much, you know, like he, you know, we'll lose him for nothing type of play. He's, he does not care about losing them for nothing. I can tell you that flat out. They don't want to do that. Of course. Yeah, because he, he's so good of a talent evaluator that he's confident in that. Yeah. And he'd rather the team 
go on a really good playoff run, you know, and just like, you know, and get those guys and pretend that they're just rentals that they picked up at the trade deadline or whatever, then, then, then guys are going to lose for nothing. Cause that's how they see it. Um, anything the, the, breaking news we got that Marco Dano was claimed by. Yeah. yeah. I, the only thing I'll say about this is just, he was rushed by Columbus. Right. He'd never been in the NHL at 19 years old. He should have played at least two full seasons in the AHL to see what he was going to be. He got rushed. He got bounced around, and now you're at 23. You're looking at Marco Dano saying, "What the hell happened?" And there's probably still something there, but he's like got to be retrained. Re, you know, he's got to be brought into that organization slowly. You can't just throw him in there at the NHL level. Hopefully, Colorado could do that. Yeah, this Marco Dano has been a massive. Um, point of controversy for Jets fans for for and you think why 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 Marco Dano yeah. the reason being is he does a lot of things really well and his underlying numbers and stuff favor him from an analytics point of view but something doesn't stick yeah. with now three coaches right there's something there that isn't working mm -hmm. the interesting thing is what the argument with many Jets fans is is that in 400 less minutes in his career. He basically has the exact same amount of points as Brandon Tanev, who's a third-line all-star now, apparently, with the Jets. And um, I can't remember the other part of the song compared to it. it. might even be Nick Patan. And so from a Jets point, point it's uh, it looks like this. Rather than send waiver, like for waiver-exempt, Brendan Lemieux down to the moose, you waived Marco Dano. Yeah. And you took the risk that you would either get through that. They envisioned a particular role for Brendan Lemieux, even though he has offensive ability, he's got yeah. toughness, right? So they, they decided, Hey, we've got a lot of guys like Dano. We don't have anybody else like Lemieux. That's, that's the reason they but, did it. I'm not saying it's but, right, but that's the reason. Lemieux could go down and it wouldn't get claimed. It was a free pass. So it, it just doesn't make sense. And it's another case of, sort of strange asset management and i think that's what jets fans are, are are considering is this guy was kind of a key piece in your trade with andrew ladd and you've given him chances why doesn't he stick his numbers say he could be doing more he can contribute he had a great preseason what why can't he get on the ice but yet you'll keep lemieux in the press box and risk losing him for nothing get a sixth rounder for him there must have been something for him. And this is what's really curious. And how, it's radio silence from the club. How often did he play with the same line mates, Peter? Did he get any kind of length of time with the same line mates? That's usually but, the first so problem. The, this is the thing. It's believed that Maurice had... Okay, Paul Maurice is a, goal, is, is a coach that needs to trust. He has to you establish trust with him, and then you right. go from there. And that's not an uncommon trade, as we know, with NHL coaches, right? right. Uh, that's... There was no trust with with Dano. I think I understand why, but once that once he could never trust him, he couldn't bring him in steady, and and so that may have been it. But again, that that's one thing. Then get rid of him. Don't re-sign him in the summer. Make a trade. Do something. Get something for him, and gone. It just seems odd considering he was obviously a pretty important piece to get back when you traded Andrew Ladd. But that was a while ago, and Andrew Ladd's no, you know, he's not Andrew Ladd anymore either, right? I no. mean, 
it's it's just, it's one of those things. This is the danger of when you play a person, a player in the league too early. And again, was it because he played in Europe against men that you know Columbus felt like he was ready? Maybe, but they should have realized after a while. Hey, you know what? Let's just send him down and leave him down. And that didn't happen. So then the next team, he shows exactly what Peter says. He gets another 30 games. And the next team, he gets another 12, 15 games. You know what I mean? And this is how a guy gets rotated around the league because then you don't have any – look, Artem Anisimov almost had this happen to him with with teams. And he finally did stick. And I saw a lot of ability in Artem Anisimov, but the Rangers mm-hmm. just kept bouncing him with different line mates. And even yep. you could tell me – I wish I had the same line mates. And, right. and so that is a big deal. And unfortunately, you know, I don't know if he's going to get the same line mates in Colorado right away. So that's why let him go down to AHL but, and really learn the ways of the Colorado avalanche. And then if there's an injury, let him yeah. stay in line and stick there for a while. And yeah, he, he, and, they can send him there right away, right? Because right? they've cleaned up. And the interesting thing, too, is Colorado is a team in development. They've got a whole bunch of things they can do. And I bet you, once they understand who Dano is and, and, and can work this through, he's going to find an opportunity with an up-and-coming young team. Um, a win- Jason Bell of the Winnipeg Free Press ran into Dano today and said he was grinning from ear to ear. Yeah. That says something. That does say something. He's, that, he just needs a fresh start. Speaking of fresh yeah. starts, so before we get on to another thing, um, Reed Boucher, okay, who is, um, you know, Maybe I think I'm most people think I know of, who Reed Boucher is. Yeah. I think of him as a good devil's pick. He played for the Predators for a while. He got traded. He was with the Canucks last year, and he's with the Canucks again last year. He signed a game. He is just tearing it up in the AHL for Utica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight goals in five games. Well, it help. It helps. It helps act that they that Reed Boucher and the Utica Comets have played against the Toronto Marlies three times in five or six games because the Marlies have the worst goaltending in the AHL. I think it's 31 goals against, which is a symptom of the fact that they lost Pickard and they lost McElhaney on waivers, and their string goaltender, Casimir Kaskasuo, was was placed with another AHL team last year, and their defense has been so bad that they had to pick up two former NHLers on PTOs to cover up I mean, it's just that, you know, after, after a Don Calder Cup winning year, you know, that, that a lot of those players are playing with the, with the Leafs now. Which, which is typical. That happens a lot. You know, when the team wins a Calder, they move up to the big, you know, the big team will take from them and they'll end up getting everything rebuilt. But you know what it is with Boucher? He's the guy that is one of the fastest guys on the ice. Yeah. And he does have a really good shot. You move him up to the next level, he can't finish. That's interesting. Yeah, he, has a high, he had a really nice uh, consistently consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, he last night batted one out of midair. Just he was a mid- oh, no, he's got great skill, but I mean, look at TJ Brennan. You look at him down in, with the Phantoms. This guy is the best looking offensive defenseman you've ever seen in the AHL. You bring him up, he can't he can't do the job at the NHL level. Just the way it is. Oh, for sure, for sure. Now, talking about Justin, who um Justin Schultz, uh, because um has under uh, you know had a collision with Thomas Blakanik, um. And uh, has now, as you know, fractured his lower left leg on Sunday, um, or or I guess this was Saturday. He's he's going to be out four months. Um, you know, mechanics. You know, feels horrible about it. Just called him up, and all this stuff was going on. But this, what this really means at the end of the day for um, for the Penguins is, is is pretty interesting. I mean, this is this is a big big one for them. It is. I mean, look, they could look at a team like the Rangers that have two or three guys that they could try trading for. They only have like eight hundred thousand cap space, so. I guess they could put Schultz on like a temporary IR thing, but if you put him on LTIR, 
I don't know if you can get him back for the playoffs, can you? Um, I think so. You think so, yeah? Why not? I don't know if you can do it for the playoffs. That's the only thing. Like, if he's out no, there. No, if you put him TIR, he comes. He can come back whatever time. The only, the only ramification is is salary cap wise. But well, yeah, if you trade for him, you've got to get ditch the cap space that you acquire. Okay, so right. that's the penalty. Right. So they'll put him on LTIR. They can get anybody. Like to me, I would look at Adam McQuaid on the Rangers, and if the yeah. Rangers really knew what kind of team they have, which I think they do, you, you could look and get something really good for him now. Get a prospect. I don't think the Rangers will do it, but the Rangers have two or three kids that could be traded. Yeah. They're going to have to do something like that because their defense is getting very weak. If you look at the roster there, after the top three, it, it's not great. Yeah. Maybe they go, maybe go outside the league and go to get Toby Enstrom back from the SHL or somebody like that before before they – you know because right now nobody's trading defensemen and nobody is going to trade anybody before American Thanksgiving. Everybody's still evaluating their own teams, but – uh, there are teams out there that, uh, you know, I think once it gets to Thanksgiving and they settle in and realize you know, what their team actually is, that some guys will come available. But if they want something right away, I mean, apparently Ole Mata was in the doghouse and I think he sat one game earlier, uh, like last week. Uh, that won't be happening now that Justin Schultz is, is, helped, is not hurt. Yeah, it is hurt. has been in and out of the doghouse for that team forever. You know, I mean, it, it's really incredible how – They need more help than that. <laughs> yeah, they do. No, and, and Noli Mata just is, is somebody, you know, you, he's, he's amazing. At that much too. I mean, he's a guy that looked really good early. But, again, when you're a young defenseman, and the problem is when the good stuff happens early, that gets embedded into you and, and it does really well. But then when the bad stuff starts happening – a lot of times they don't know how to deal with it. Go look at Michael Delzato. He's turned into an okay defenseman, but look how the up and down oh, yeah. career has been. Roller coaster has been incredible. Um, let's go to Elias, Elias Pedersen, yeah. um, who um, now who was going to be out with a concussion for a while. This this hit just made me insane, and I wrote a whole I wrote a story that got a lot of attention. I was on a couple of Canadian radio stations saying that that NHL players need to wake up, um, and. And you know that this this has to be a wake up call that you have that there has to be more respect given for players in the league. Like you just can't this cannot continue like this. It's just insane how you know innocent players who are just completely we're not talking about anything that you know had anything to do with the game, and and a guy who could have easily pulled up. Uh, we haven't seen. I, I don't know if any discipline's been handed out yet. Has it? I let's see. No. Or no. even even if they're going to right. But I, I mean, it, I don't believe well, they're they are. having a call. They are having a call. Yeah, okay. Oh, I hadn't heard that part yet. No, they are. They are having a call today, I think. And discipline is one thing, but it doesn't really change essentially what I was trying to say, which is that, you know, their, their respect is like a bigger thing here, right? And um, what are your thoughts, Peter? He was the big problem I had with, with what I saw. Yeah, go ahead. Like Florida, this is frustration on Florida's part, on Mike Matheson's part, because Florida mm -hmm. doesn't have a win on the season. Pedersen is hard as hell to cover, and I believe had a goal in that game already. And and you do a WWE takedown after a hit, right? And I and when a guy snaps like that, I don't want to hear from media people that hey, he's a good guy, he's yeah, no. a good hockey player. I don't want to hear that. If I walk up to Eck in the press box and punch him in the face, people could say, hey, Russ is a good guy, but it doesn't matter because I just punched him in the face. Why did I do that? And he like after you get up off the floor for me kicking your ass, you would have a right. there. Um, and yeah, I, know, I agree with but you. But he needs to be disciplined. He does. Right. The, yeah. the worry like, I have is that he doesn't have any priors. 
that's the worry that I have. Yeah. Yeah. So this is so interesting because I, I actually hadn't seen the hit till this morning and I, and I finally saw it and I was like, wow, what? Oh, like it's sort of like the hit. Oh no, it's not the hit on the boards. It's what he does after afterwards. He picks him up and drills him into the ice. I know. So, I follow rugby a lot, and rugby did something like that because in a lot of tackling and rugby, and let's call it professional rugby, you can literally you get your arms around a guy. And sometimes there's a huge size thing, and what they outlawed was that specific thing: picking up a guy and dropping him backwards, because tackling and rugby is not like football. You don't just dive in front of someone and just try to get in the fall and the play ends because the play continues. It's about containing the person and the ball. What he did, what Matheson did was a deliberate attempt to inflict pain. I'm not going to say cause injury, but inflict pain. There's no need to do that. You'd already pinned him hard and clean against the boards as the puck came around. You were pissed off that he dropped you yeah. About ten seconds per fire before, and that he didn't even blink an eye when you slashed him across the legs that you didn't get penalized for either, by the way. You know, right. you know what it is, you know what it is Peter? It's here welcome to the HL type of move. That's what yeah. it was. And it was dirty and he should get suspended for it, but you're not gonna stop that. I mean that's I guess, that's a throwback old world type of thing, but I think it's still, you know, if a rookie does that you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think that a veteran is going to exist some retribution, and that's that's what happened. Now, I think it sucks because I want to see Patterson play, and I, I think, you know, he's an amazing young talent, but, you know, and is it going to be a deterrent against him undressing somebody? I hope not. No, it can't be, and that's, I mean, that's the thing. We just need to have, I mean, you got to be aware of, of your surroundings. You got to be aware of what you're doing. No, you can't just like like Russ said. You can't just punch someone in the face. You can't just you can't just you can't just drill someone in the ice. You got to know that this is this is who this is that you're you're dealing with. You're dealing with a kid. You know, like you're dealing with a twenty year old kid. It, to me, it's like it's absurd in every possible way. Of everything about this really just makes me angry. Like you know, and and I really just feel like they, there's nothing that suspensions are going to do about it. Like it's it's yeah. not about suspensions. Well, that's true. And and, and what, I what? want to point out that even though we believe. Because it's happened before that, hey, when you call in, you're going to get an automatic five-game suspension. I don't have that much belief in the system. It's not written as an actual rule. I don't have that much belief because there's nothing to match this up against. The league either has to take an example out of them and really give them like eight to ten games or who knows what will happen. Because, again, he has never done anything bad. But, again, I don't care about that. So, I mean, let's also remember that half the people in Florida weren't coming to see Matheson. Right. Of the 8,000 people there, they were coming to see Pedersen. <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it, you know, it, like, players also have to recognize part of the reason you get money is because people show up. Yeah. And the NFL figure that out. They don't show up to watch the back the backup quarterback. They show up to watch the named players, the guys who do spectacular things. And if you're going to take those guys out of the game, you're not going to have anyone there. Well, Peter, no, let's say this, though. The Houston Texan fans are definitely coming to see the backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills because he'll throw touchdowns to his team, to their team. Um, But, uh, no, but but you know what? And not to be a Neanderthal here, but, okay, 
what happens if actually Vancouver has somebody who exacts, you know, somebody on the roster other than Erica Branson who could exact a little revenge, you know, as a deterrent, like, you know, their version of Matt Martin. Would That's going to happen. Have happen? Like that, you could have a suspension here. That's still going to happen. The payback justice system is fully in place. That's going to happen no matter what. It's still going to happen. And I mean, and I just, I just, I think that this is just, you know, I don't know what the NH. It feels like to me like the players need to get together and have some kind of like. What was the call on the ice, by the way? I don't even know. I don't think there was one. That like wasn't even ejected from the game. Nothing, right? Yeah, That's incredible. Enough. Again, so here's the thing. Okay, we could say all that we want that you know a suspension is in line and Eck is is right. That doesn't matter. You need to pull these refs into a, a meeting and discipline them too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, you really do. Times do we see nothing happens in the game, then all of a sudden there is a suspension, and it's like, well, wait a minute. Shouldn't have that have been taken care of in that game on the ice for the team that was wronged? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I don't. That's, that's a missing point here that I haven't heard in a lot of these conversations. Incredible that this is that this is completely. I mean, with every with 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 you know the refs on the ice. And all the linesmen on the ice, someone has to have seen this, and someone has to have picked up on. It. I mean, that we have to when when someone goes beyond, and when someone's trying to hurt somebody, there needs to be another level to this, and it needs to go beyond punishment. It needs to go to like you know, almost like an anger management type session. Like we need to figure this out. We need to figure out how we're not going to do this anymore. Like it's just if if that was happening in any other business place in the world, it would be that that's how that's what would happen. You know, it's just like there's more to this. That it's it's it's. There's more to this than especially. I mean, we're not talking about two teams that have, you know, a historic rivalry with each other. We're talking about Vancouver and Florida. They can be further apart from each other in, in you know, in, in lands in land distance. I mean, this is this is absolutely ridiculous that these teams would have this issue. Completely crazy. And look, and and Matheson reached out to Pedersen, and that's all well and good, but you still did something here that actually the league really needs to crack down on because otherwise. Who's to say we're not going to see it again? Yeah. Now, Russ, you wanted to talk about the Rangers? Yeah. What I wanted to mention here, yeah, there's a, there's a thing where I saw a quote from David Quinn, and I know it's early in his, you know, tenure there, and he's he's got to figure out things with guys. And so he's, he's trying to figure out how to get more playing time for Philip Cheadle. And, well, by doing that now, Pavel Buchnevich has been moved off the power play. Jimmy Vesey's on the second power play. And Buchnevich might not even be in the next game. They might be playing, you know, McLeod over him. And and so, like, this – just – you look at the Rangers. Kevin Hayes has one point in five games. He's, he's a UFA after this season. If I'm the coach, what do I really owe Kevin Hayes here in playing time when I'm trying to develop these other players for the future? Because Kevin Hayes is not the future of the New York Rangers. Neither is Cody McLeod, but I get that he's going to play once in a while. But I just think this is something that David Quinn has to sort of get in line, this juggling act, because it could really hurt development of players otherwise. Because, like, Brett Howden started off hot, right? He's got three points. If I asked you who the who – the, and I'm going to do this. I'm doing this to Eck because he does it to me all the time. Who is the leading scorer of the New York Rangers? Currently? Currently. Um, Mark Stahl. <laughs> Yes, for fast. It's almost as absurd. And and so, yeah. you know, and so yeah. and if you think about it, 
So Brett Howden got three points. He's one point off, I think, the team lead. So they started to – Mike texted me. They started to move him up with guys like Zuccarello and stuff. It's like, leave him be. This is a guy who will be a role player in the NHL. Let him play a role right now. Let him get used to the guys he's playing to. Don't start moving him around because he's hot. Here's the, the problem is when you bring in a new coach, they don't want to lose games. I get it. But the Rangers are one and four. Henrik Lundqvist has a 938 save percentage, by the way, which is probably the most underreported stat in hockey because the Ranger haters, and there's plenty of Lundqvist haters, don't want to talk about it because the team's just bad, right? So they just, oh, well, it's bad. Lundqvist has been spectacular. He's one in three with a 938 save percentage. And, and we saw this last year when we when the letter was sent out and we were talking about the Rangers, not tanking, but the Rangers rebuilding, that Lundqvist – was going to prevent that all on his own by being good, by being Lundqvist, which is yeah. the same thing that's gonna the same thing that's gonna happen in Montreal if Carey Price stays healthy when he's got the flu right now. But you know, if he stays healthy, if Carey Price is Carey Price, he's gonna earn them points that they don't want because right now these seasons are you know for for to get the chance of getting Hughes or the the Finnish kid who's expected to be the number two. That's what they're aiming for not victories in a season where they know they're not making the playoffs. Right. 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 It's like, if you don't have Pavel Vucinevich on the power play, then just trade him. Cause this guy has got a tremendous shot and I get it that he may not have scored like the amount of goals that you think he's going to score yet in his NHL career, but he's not going to get them all at even strength. I can tell you that. And, and there's no, I mean, I agree. Especially when you have a team like, you know, that Lundqvist is standing on his head like this, you, you yeah. know, your power play has to be huge for you. It has to just like, yeah. I mean, no, no slight to Jimmy VC. He does a, ni- a lot of nice little things. Might even get in front of the net for you. And it's power play too. But you got to give it to more of the skill guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Completely. Well, uh, let me let me just mention one thing Ak, um, for the, the game tonight, uh, LA and Toronto. It was funny. Drew Doughty is extremely glib and forthcoming with the media, and he was interviewed by Pierre LeBrun uh, yesterday. And talked about you know how he basically you know he was open and interested in Toronto uh, when he was still hadn't signed his extension, but essentially he admitted that really I floated Toronto out there to get the King to come to the table to pony up to to give me the long term deal and never interested in Toronto. There is a playbook here. I'm telling you, Toronto is used by general managers and by players as a as a carrot it's nothing new. all the time it, it, it's been you know i mean back back but in the pre-salary cap era it was you know the flyers the rangers toronto and detroit were always used by the media and I mean, the flyers and rangers would make moves based on what the other one did they definitely did but but teams would but, but players would you know back when the flyers and the rangers and red wings and maple Leafs could spend however much they wanted to it was if you if you were shopping a play, if you were trying to get a player signed you would always say to them well, well the flyers are interested in it more the rangers oh. I mean, it's just, yeah. because that money was there that that so you know and toronto is still a team that's sitting there with lots of cap space you know even though we all know that they have to save that cap space for other things they're sitting there with lots of cap space right now so yeah it's, it's not surprising at all um and, and the and the, the other interesting thing about this game is um you know freddie anderson was acquired from the uh from anaheim in july of 2016. um in the two seasons and now two weeks uh, of of his career in Toronto, he has never sat in a non back to back situation when he unless he's been hurt. 
Tonight is the first time in a non-back-to-back situation he is not playing where Garrett Sparks is starting in goal for the Leafs. Hmm. And, you know, and the reason for that is because they don't have a back-to-back until next month. And, I, I, you know, Babcock doesn't want to play, you know, Freddie Anderson 16 games and have Sparks playing one. But I also think it's because they have to evaluate in the next couple of weeks Garrett Sparks and his viability as an NHL backup because, you know, pretty soon, you know, you could see McElhaney place back on waivers. You could see Pickard place back on waivers. They have to make a decision if that happens. And if that doesn't happen, they have to make a decision on getting a backup goaltender because if Sparks isn't up to the task, they need one. Yeah. It's interesting because I do think I do remember um, Anderson. Also, if I can check this for sure, and, and someone else I'm sure knows this for sure, but I kind of remember Anderson struggling against the Kings when he was a duck. Um, trying to remember if that's true or not, but I'm trying. I, I have to. It's something in my head. I'm, I usually have. I'll take a look at. I'll take a look at his career stats against the Kings. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. And pretty good memory of that kind of stuff. There's certain goalies that don't like playing against certain teams. I think that's might be one of them. Um, someone sent me this before we get out of here. This is really good. Um, so they just uh, they, we're talking about bad alternate jerseys, and they sent me this 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 screenshot of a YouTube video, which is it's kind of fuzzy, but you're you're going we're going way back in time now to the year would be let's say when the year is this is the '90s, so somewhere in the '90s for sure. I'm going to say late '90s, like '98, and uh, you have the you have the LA Kings versus the Anaheim Ducks in like arguably two of the worst jerseys of all time. Like if you remember these jerseys. Oh yeah, those Kings ones are brutal. This is like the Burger King Kings one, you know, it has like the Burger King guy up there and then the Ducks one, which was this bizarre duck type thing. (laughs) That's a good point. I mean, so this has been going on for a while. Um, But yeah, the Kings, the Kings, that Kings one with the purple like sash type, uh, that was really bad. Yeah. yeah, it's not as it's not as bad as the as the barber pole jersey for the Montreal Canadiens, the one that gave everybody epileptic fits. Yeah. By the way, and this is an interesting one that really gets no coverage because how good the offense has been on the Leafs. Freddie Anderson's 29th in uh, save percentage. Just saying. Yeah, he's four. He's four. He's four and one with an 8.99 save percentage. And the thing is, it's like traditionally he's been. You know, October has been his worst month of the year, and you know, it sort of gets skewered. Actually, I, the thing is, I think it's unfair to Anderson. The defense has been virtually non-existent, and everybody is loving it here because you know they're playing wide-open offense, and Austin Matthews is a, is you know he's being worshipped as a Greek god and things of that nature. But when it comes down to the playoffs. And Mike Babcock is fully aware of this. His team needs to play defense or they're not going anywhere. And, you know, he's not going to rain on the parade because they're winning games right now. But eventually they have to tighten up. And that's where I'm concerned that they don't have the, the, uh, the, the materials in terms of the players on defense to be able to uh, play that type of game. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone along those lines pointed out to me and uh, something I'm going to we'll get into maybe tomorrow a little bit more of the um, – of really the – horrible like you know i'm i'm not like you know a big stats guy as far as i'm a huge stats guy but as far as like some of the analytics stats for goalies i think can be very misleading but since he's coming to the league the horrendous analytics stats of martin jones which i didn't realize realize is the case like that he actually has not he's, he's like 29th in in several categories you know over that period of time and you just we all think of him as you know he had a great playoff run for for san jose where he was he looked amazing but he has not been 
he's not been great this year. He's been okay, but you know, this year he's been a little off. I admit, I can yeah. see that. We all could see that. Yeah, yeah, you can see that, and it's just it, you wonder is is it possible that Martin Jones, you know, is maybe overrated? Like in some, and is that is that something that the that the Sharks are gonna have to look at moving forward? I don't think so. I I mean, look, I, I know they have Aaron Dell and all. I, I don't think so though. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, Dell looked good in Philly, but you know, in that one game we saw him play, but yeah. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's plenty of uh, there's plenty out there still to go. All right, guys. Um, that's all the time we have. Thank you, Peter. Thanks everybody as always for jumping on, and thanks for watching us and following the show. And um, I think we got a good name for the show today. My name. We're gonna name be naming the shows from now on. So, uh, chat room. If chat room is, we go through these shows. If, if you come up with a good name for the show, bad third jerseys. I uh, know. I got a better one for this one. Um, but you know, so in the in the chat room, always you can throw up at the end. Well, the end when I'm going to start. Say we're going to end the show soon. I'm going to ask you to put, start putting names up in the chat room so you guys can help us name the show. But um, please throw up in the chat room. This is the show where Ru Russ punches Eck in the face. That's going to be the name. <laughs> of the show. Right, so there you have it. But it's a dream sequence. Yes, yes. Rush punches Eck in the face. Let's see, if that, see if that see if that brings up the brings up the views. You know, we're gonna we're gonna clickbait here, but we're gonna play that out. Remember that's the buzz. It's just hockey. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.